Good morning. I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. I'm sorry, I just had to do that. So I, that's a, some of you are like, what? Um, I am not Barbara Walters. I'm Monty, and I'm excited that you're here. Anybody excited for a new year? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. You, are, you picked an incredible time to join us. If you're new, Casey said it. I'll say it again. Welcome home. We're super excited that you're here. See, we're in a series that we kick off today that's going to take us through January called One Decision Away. And the reason it's called that is because I believe that you're one decision away from changing everything in your life. Like one decision can literally change everything. I'm, I know this firsthand. About a decade ago, I bought my first and only new car. Never had a new car before. And the only reason I got it is because the government said, I'll give you thousands of dollars for that piece of crap that you're driving. And I said, okay. And they said, you just got to buy a new car. So I did it. And I, could, I couldn't go all out. I don't have the money that you probably have. But I, uh, Ford Focus. You know, you've heard me talk about my Ford Focus before, that manly man's car. You know what I'm talking about. So my Ford Focus, it was, it was a, for, a Focus, but it was new to me. So a decision that happened when I was three months into this Ford Focus changed my life. I'm driving like a good dad and good husband to go get my family some food on like a Friday night down 41st Street, busy street in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I'm driving, and it's new. I'm still trying to figure some stuff out. And, uh, but it's, it's smooth sailing. Uh, you know, lights are green. So I'm, I'm kind of looking on, on my radio, figuring it out and glancing at it and trying to find some good worship music, you know, some Metallica or Guns N' Roses. And I'm, I'm looking, and I'm looking up, and I'm like, okay, green, lights are green. And I'm down here searching, searching. Look up, lights are green, searching, searching. Look up, and somebody made a decision. And the decision that somebody made was to stop in the, just stop in the lane and make a left turn. Wait to make a left turn. Okay, here's the issue. There's a turning lane, but this person who was out of state, mind you, out of state, uh, stopped in this lane, the lane I was just driving in that no one would stop in unless it's a, a, a stoplight. There was no stoplight. And uh, he wasn't here, he was here. So he stops. So by the time I'm checking my worship music and I look up, it's too late. Now I slammed the brakes as hard as I could, but it didn't matter. So I smash into the back of this vehicle, going, it doesn't matter how fast I'm going, don't worry about that, but I'm, I'm, I, you ever had an airbag go off? I hope you haven't. See, mine did. See, now, when I see or hear stories about airbags, in my mind, I picture like a pillow shooting out of the car and just kind of enveloping me with love and just, you know, kind of hugging me. It doesn't feel like that, okay? It was like Thor took his hammer and smashed me in the face. I was like, oh my God. But I'm still grateful for it. Love that it went off. I roll out of my car after I hit this vehicle and I am hurting and I'm struggling. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Why would that person, this person, did I mention they're out of state? They're out of state. I'm not going to tell you what state they're from, okay? But I'll tell you. It was Iowa. I'm just saying. And I have nothing to get. I have nothing. There's a lot of people that come from Iowa come to this church, and that's awesome. But you probably don't live in the same city this moron lived in. So, but he's, he's, I think about myself, why? Why would you do that? Why would you stop? Why would you what, make that decision? And then, oh, guess who got the ticket? Yeah, me. I got the ticket because I guess I wasn't paying attention. They said, are you kidding me? What about that guy? I don't, know, I don't think he got ticketed. So anyway, he made a decision that changed my life dramatically in that moment. Um, and we try to teach our kids the same thing, that you make decisions that will change lives, right? Like, <laughs> like this week, this doesn't even have much to do with the message, but it's a funny story. Uh, Monday, was it Monday or Tuesday? Monday or Tuesday morning, I wake up and um, in, in the back, in, in our back 
uh, deck area, there was snow, and I could tell, like, some animal had been there because there was, like, little tracks, and the, the snow was all yellow. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You guys, this is crazy. And the kids were up, and I said, Jake, Ava, come look at this. I said, because it's right up to the house. Like, right, like, you open the door, and it's right there. And I said, you guys, look at this. Some animal's coming up to our house, like, in the middle of the night, like, when it's dark, and obviously, you know, hanging out here. And without missing a beat, Jake's like, no, no, Dad, that was me. I opened the door and peed out there this morning. I'm like, what? I said, Jake, you can't, you can't do that. Number one, it's broad daylight, okay? Now, to his credit, he had just spent a couple days on the farm with his uncle. So, you know, getting the boy out of him. But he, he just opened the door. I mean, the bathroom is 20 feet over anyway. So I said, Jake, decisions you make. Neighbors, you know, people see things and whatever. So anyway, thank you for letting me rant there a little bit. So I believe you're one decision away from changing your life forever. Forever. Decisions matter. Say one. Daniel is a character not a, he, a real character. He, he lived. He's not alive anymore. He's in heaven. But he lived in a time before Jesus came to earth. We call that the Old Testament time. Daniel made one decision that radically changed his life. I mean radically. I want to share it with you today. I want to, I want to go on a journey with you as we start 2020 and show you how one decision can change everything with you and your family. Some of you, you're desperate for change and you know who you are. And I'm telling you, the goal of this whole series, not just today, but throughout the whole month of January, the goal of this entire series is to help you make godly decisions that will bring more joy and purpose to your life. They will, I promise you. Daniel, this is amazing. If you brought a Bible or a mobile app with the Bible app, go to Daniel 6. Again, this is a book in the Old Testament. So before Jesus came, to, to earth as a human being. In Daniel 6, verse 1, that's where I'm going to start. And it, it's a, it's a, so Daniel is a captive. You need to understand that. He's a Jew. He's from Israel. But they've been taken captive by the Babylonian king. And now he's under Persian rule, uh, Persia. And the king is named Darius in Persia. Check this out. It says in verse 1, Darius of Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. He appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king chose Daniel and two others to be administrators to supervise over the high officers and protect the king's interests. So there's 120 people in charge of all these provinces, this entire nation, and then Daniel and two others are in charge of them. So it's a big deal. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than everybody, all the other administrators, all the other high officers, because of his great ability. The king made plans to place Daniel, this captive, over the entire empire. So, so what? Daniel's you're this like like overnight sensation? No. No. So what was it that made Daniel such a success in this moment? Not just in this moment, but through his life. If you, were, if you read Daniel, you'll see that. What made him such a success? Why was he so favored? Why did the king respect him, promote him, and elevate him above everybody else? I'll tell you why. It's because he started something. He started one thing. Repeat after me. Say, ready, set, start. This is the title of today's message. Ready, set, start. Daniel started one thing that changed everything in his life. I'm going to share it with you. See, I'll paraphrase the next few verses for you. Here's what happened. So Daniel's been elevated above everybody. 
Well, the other two guys that were in charge and some other leaders, they didn't like it. Number one, he's a foreigner. He's not even from here. He worships some other God. He doesn't worship our same gods. And King Darius, you're putting him in charge of us and others? No, that ain't happening. So they go after Daniel and they try to find something he's doing wrong. So, and they look hard. And the Bible says they couldn't find anything. It says, in fact, it says they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Think about that for a second. They could find, all they found is honesty, morality, and integrity. And they were looking. What if someone, let me ask you a question. What if someone was like following you? Like what if they're following you for a day? Is that what they'd find? Would they find no, uh, just integrity and honesty? Like they bug your car, right? They're, they're listening to your Alexa because I know they're doing that, you know, in your house and they're tapped into you and they're watching you. Would they find that? I, there, and there's always somebody, yep, you could follow me anywhere. You could go to my work. You could go to my home. You could go, and you wouldn't find anything. Okay, Jesus, uh, what, if, what if we took your thoughts for the week and put them up on the screen? Okay, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You're not sticking around for that movie. You're not. You are not sticking around for that movie. But, but they, could not, they could not find anything that Daniel was doing wrong. So what do they go after? His faith. See, they knew what mattered to Daniel. They knew enough about him to know that his faith in this God that, that wasn't their God was a big deal. So what do they do? They hatch a plan and bring it to the king, Darius. And they say, hey, Darius, what if we do this decree? And for the next 30 days, we say that no one can pray to anybody except you. Well, the king had some pride issues, like a lot of the kings did. And he liked the idea of that. He's like, yeah, yeah, pray to me. No other gods, nobody else, just me. So the king, who loved Daniel, but wasn't thinking through the whole process, the king signed off on it and said, yeah, that's cool. For the next 30 days, no one prays to anybody but me. And if you do, it's not good. It's like a death sentence. So let's pick it up. That's what they, that's what they sign into place. And Daniel knows about the new law. He knows the circumstances. So what does he do? <laughs> this is the start. We find our answer in the part of Daniel's story that would be so easy to miss. People know about Daniel and the lion's den, which we're going to get to, by the way. But we miss what he started. His divine favor was a result of one small decision, one habit that changed his story forever. It's in verse 10, chapter 6. That's where we find it. But when Daniel learned the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual. Say as usual. As usual. It's what he's always done. He, in his upstairs room, with the windows wide open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day as he had always, say always, always done. It's what he's always done, giving thanks to God. It's what he did. Daniel prayed three times a day. Didn't say they were long, didn't say they were eloquent, didn't say much about that, but just said he did it consistently. And I hear that story, and my first thought is, Daniel, are you insane? You know what they just signed. Why would you do that? At least shut the windows, right? Or pray silently, or go to some other town if you need to pray, but don't do that. that did you not take your medication? Don't you understand that what you're doing is like a lunch date with Mufasa, and it doesn't end well at all, but he's doing it. See, we don't know when Daniel started that habit. We don't know. But we do know that three times a day, 
every day, Daniel would stop and look towards heaven. He would align his heart with God, seeking God's will for his life. And, and, when, and when the opportunity came that he would compromise, that he could compromise his convictions, he could stop what he started. What does he do? He kneels down and prays and knows that his God is with him. Why? Because at the end of the day, you don't have to worry about the lions in your life when you know the Lord your God is in charge. You don't. He knew it. This is what I do. I'll do what I've always done. And he did it despite what could happen to him. Our, this our main takeaway. Please, if you hear nothing else, hear this. It's the consistent habits that nobody sees that result in blessings that everyone wants. Can I tell you something? Everybody wants to be blessed for 2020. Everybody wants a new year and a new you. I get it. I, I, I see it all over. I understand what you want. But will you get it? Most won't. Most will not. Meadows Church, we're going to be different. I'm going to show you through God's word what makes people different. What made Daniel different. He was blessed, I promise you. In this lion's den, so, so what you need to know is they did, they did track Daniel. They did watch Daniel. They did bug his Alexa like you know they do. And they, they caught him. And they caught him, and he was arrested. And when he was arrested, he, the king had to do what he said, because he signed it, he signed it, you got to do it. And he's thrown in the lion's den. So what you might not know about this story with Daniel, he was not some young buck at this time. He was an old man. Would have been like 80 years old at this time. That's how old he would have been in the den. 80 years old. And they kick him down into a pit with a lion. Now, I don't know exactly what Daniel was thinking when he got thrown down in there, but if it was me, I might say something like, you know what, God, I'm 80 years old, pretty old. We've had a good run, right? I mean, I, you, you helped my three buddies out of a furnace. They came out unscathed. You helped me interpret King's dreams. We've done great things together, but God, I'm 80 years old. I can't see real well. I can't hear real well. Lord, you know I shouldn't be driving. I almost hit that camel on the way here. You saw it. It should, shouldn't be doing this. And I forget, some days I forget who I am. So you know what? Just douse me in some A1 steak sauce and let's end it, okay? That's what I might be thinking. But Daniel, Daniel didn't think that. Here's what's crazy about Daniel's story. This man of prayer, this man that prayed three times a day. We have no record when he's in the lion's den that he just all of a sudden he got down and prayed. You'd think he would. Wouldn't you think the first thing he'd do in the den is like, oh my gosh, God, I'm your man. Remember, the, I come to you three times a day. I need you now. If I ever needed you, God, this is it. Isn't that how we do it? We get in trouble. We jack our lives up like we're good at doing sometimes. And all of a sudden, I get real religious. God, Monty here, I've done it again. You know, I need your help. God, you get me through this. I will go to church every Sunday, God. I know I've said it before, but I mean it this time, God. God, if you deliver me from this, I'll never do it again, right? You ever said that? I'll never do it again. Only to what? Only to mess up and do what? You, you, yeah, you pull a Britney. Oops, I did again, right? You did it again. I'm sorry for that. I just, sometimes it comes out. So, but you did it again. And, and so, but he doesn't, we have no record of him praying in the den. None. 
It blows me away. But yet, if you read the story, and some of you, if you heard the story, you know that God sends an angel to, to, to rescue Daniel. What if I told you that God sent that angel long before David was ever thrown into the lion's den? Right? See, those he, Daniel didn't have to pray for God's blessing in the moment because God's blessings was already there waiting for him. It, it was. Do you know why? Because morning, noon, and night, he would pray. I wonder if God commissioned that angel four years earlier as Daniel prayed at noon like he always did. It's like, hey, God, me again. I know this is what we do every day. It's noon now. Daniel coming at you. Need you, God. Love you. Thank you for your goodness. Be with me today. Um, pray that in your name. Amen. And I wonder if God, four years earlier, oh, all right, I've commissioned an angel because I know what you're going to go through four years later. It's so key that we catch this. He didn't have to panic and pray in the moment. The blessings were waiting. They were waiting. Why? Because he did something consistently. It's the consistent things that you do, the small things that nobody sees that result in blessings that everybody wants. We think, it's, we think that, when, boy, when I really make my move, I'll write that book, it'll go bestseller. I'll become that YouTube sensation. Once I go viral, then I'll have made it, right? I'll release that one hit wonder, Gangnam style, and boy, then they're gonna know me, right? I would sing that for you, but I've already sang once today, so that's probably enough. So, uh, but I'm just saying, it's not the, it's the small, consistent things done over time, whether you feel like it or whether you don't. This is the key. It was the key in Daniel's success, and he lived a life of success more than almost anybody else in God's word. <laughs> I wrote down, success isn't the byproduct of circumstances or luck. We think it is. We'll look at someone's life and see that, oh boy, they got a lot of money. Oh, their family seems like they're doing really well. Oh, they seem like they, they've got all the nice things, or they got the great job. You don't know what they've been doing behind the scenes to get there. It, it, I, I'll almost guarantee you in almost every case, the predictable the hard work, the dedicated focus that is key in this. It's consistency. In fact, in your notes it says, consistency over time equals change. Like you want change in 2020? Start doing something consistently and do it whether you feel like it or not. I promise you, your life might not change immediately, but it will change eventually, guaranteed. I was talking to Ava. We were talking this week, and uh, I said, Ava, you know, what are the goals you got for 2020? And one of the things she says to me is, you know, because I'm thinking, all right, you know, she's going to have some big, bold, audacious goals. And she says, you know, Dad, I'm going to, you know, start flossing every day. And I was like, no. I, that's, I mean, that's good, right? I mean, that's, I'll be honest, that's better than what I do. Like, if I'm at the dentist and he's like, when's the last time you floss? I look at him and say, you know, seriously, you know, you were there. You know, it was... I mean, that's the last time I floss. So, uh, but, and I thought about that. I'm like, after I reflected on it, I thought, that's pretty good, Ava. That's pretty good. I'm just going to floss every day. So she's, she said, I'm going to choose something I don't really probably enjoy or really look forward to doing, I'm guessing. But she's, what she's teaching herself, and she probably didn't even know this, but she's teaching herself a discipline to do something consistently because the more discipline you get in an area of your life, discipline spurs discipline, and she'll, it'll help her in other areas of her life. I think about that. Like, like, it's something that's doable. Like, if I came to you and said, listen, I want you to read, I want you to read the entire Bible this year, many of you would be like, dang, who do you think I am, right? I, ain't do, I can't read the whole Bible in a year. But 
If I came to you and I said, listen, what if, what if you read your Bible 10 minutes a day? What if you read your Bible just 10 minutes a day, consistently, every day? You got to find 10 minutes to do it. I bet a lot of you would be like, ah, I could, I could maybe do 10 minutes a day. That's what I started doing years ago. Do you know the average person, the, the, how, how fast the average person reads? Based on that, if you read the Bible 10 minutes a day, you read the entire Bible in a year. So you would do it if you did 10 minutes a day. See, it's the consistency over time that changes lives. And I'll tell you this, when I read my word every day, there's days I don't, there's days I don't feel like doing it. And there's also days where I read it, and yet this is coming from your pastor. I read it, I'm like, I, I'm not even sure what they're talking about. I mean, I'll, I'll think to myself, I don't get it. Or I'll think to myself, I don't know how that's going to, I mean, I just, I don't know how that's going to impact me today. You know, what God, you know what I believe God says in the moment? You don't need to know. A supernatural blessing happens when you open my word and you do something consistently. Whether you think it's going to be pertinent to you for that day, a lot of times it will be, trust me. But there'll be times you'll read it and you're like, yeah, I, that was, I feel like I just wasted 10 minutes. I promise you, you did not. I guarantee there were times in Daniel's life when he knelt down and prayed and thought, oh my gosh, I do this three times a day, whatever. It's the same thing, God, I prayed earlier. It doesn't really matter. And God's like, you better believe it matters. You better believe it matters. I, I just, it's consistency whether you feel like it or not. I said this word earlier. I'm going to say it again. In fact, repeat it after me. Say focus. Focus. You just said my word for 2020. That's my word. Not just because it's a hot car. I know it is. But because I know in my life I can get undisciplined. Like I can, I can get off track. I know that's hard for you to believe. But I can get off track. And I need to focus. Because I know if I can focus in 2020, God is going to do something supernatural. I hope in and through me. Somebody asked me this week, does the church have a word for 2020? And I had to think about it for a second. Because I know a lot of churches, oh, this is our word for 2020. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I think we do, but you'd have to ask the church. I don't know. Mine's, tw mine's focus. I, I, yours probably won't be the same as mine. So for me to decree some word over your life, I'm, you're the church. God will give you a word for 2020. It might, be, it might be courage, faith, hard work, punctuality. Um, it could be a variety of things. I thought about that, and I thought, how powerful is it when the church comes together, and every, every one of us has our word that God has given us, because God will speak to you like he speaks to me, won't he? I hope you believe that. Your God loves you. He wants to speak to you, and he'll do it. And what if God, not what if, he will give you a word or, or something that he wants you to go after. And if the church together knows what we're called to do together, and then we come together and they're all different, but yet we're under one body, oh, is that powerful. That is so, but for me, I know it's focus because I, I, again, squirrel, you know, it's, I can get off track. I can get off, I know. So did you know, by the way, I read this stat this week. This kind of blew me away. I'll be honest. So here's a stat I read. The average person, you ready for this? Touches their smartphone 2,617 times a day. What? And, th and then it went on to say, and that's average. Heavy users touch their phones 5,427 times a day. Okay, are you kidding me? Okay, here's, the, here's what we have to stop doing. First of all, stop making out with your phone. That's weird. You're, you're in love with your phone. And I'm, I, can be, I can be guilty of it too. Some of you are clutching your phone even as I said that. So, um, 
but pastor, I'm taking notes. Sure you are. So anyway, so, okay. um, what was I? Oh yeah. I read that stat and I thought to myself, now I'll give you a tip for that, by the way. This is just, this isn't even, this is just for free. Turn off your notifications, okay? I did that years ago when it came to all my apps. Trust me, and there's always somebody that's gonna freak out. Oh, I need to, but I'll miss an email. Listen to me, you've got 4,000 emails you haven't read. One more is not gonna kill you, okay? Come, but Bed Bath & Beyond, Bed Bath & Beyond will send you another coupon in 10 minutes, I promise, I promise. So you ain't missing nothing. I've got people that I lead, in their cell phones, they leave it on um, do not disturb all the time. It used to bother me, but now I respect it. I'm like, that's just smart. That's just smart. You'll get to it when you get to it. Oh, if this is an emergency. Oh, you know what? We did without it 10 years ago. You'd be fine. I just turn off notifications. You want to focus in 2020? Do that. Daniel. Daniel didn't have an iPhone 11 that he had to, that he had to deal with, but I'll guarantee you he had distractions. I'll guarantee you. Do you know why I know that? Because he led a life where he pursued God at all costs. And when you're doing that, listen to me. When God wants to elevate you, the devil's going to try to distract you. I'll say that again. When God is ready to elevate you, the enemy is going to try and distract you. Can I encourage you today? Don't let him do it. Stay focused. Stay strong. Stay committed. Stay consistent. I promise you, if you do that, your life will change. It will. You got to stay focused on what God has before you. Stay focused. Oh, focus is key. He, you had to be focused to pray three times a day. You got to be. You got to be consistent. You got to be disciplined. It's crazy. Daniel made one small decision, one habit. It changed his life forever. Do I want to be a church that dreams big? You better believe it. I want you to dream big. But listen to me. You can dream big, but you need to be willing to start small. Okay? That is so key. In Zechariah, I put it in your notes, I love it. Zechariah 4.10 do not despise these small beginnings. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Start. Just go and keep going. It's so key. We think we have to be great. Oh, I got to start way up here. No, you don't. You don't have to be great to start. But if you want to be great, you do have to, you do have to start. You got to start somewhere. It's the consistent habits that nobody sees that results in the blessings that everybody wants. Listen to me. The decisions that you're going to make today, the decision that you're going to make today, it will determine the story that you tell tomorrow. It will. And it's consistency. It's not the, it's not the resolutions. It's not, that's not going to do it. I'm sorry. It's not a list of seven things. You don't need seven things. You know what I'm asking you to do, focus on today? One thing. One. What Daniel did one thing, and he did it all out. If you do that, oh my gosh. Daniel was blessed like, like almost none other. It's crazy what God will do. So I'm reading through the Bible like I do all the time. And, I, and I'm very honest. There's days I don't want to do it. I don't feel like it. But I try because I believe that God blesses it. I don't believe it. I know it. It's the number one way I've grown. Closer to Jesus. So I'm in 1 Kings. It's another book in the 
Old Testament. And I'm reading through it. And I, I get to this story about a king, dastardly king, evil king named Ahab. And Ahab, I'm like, I'm blown away because God, what God can use for his goodness, he can use even evil for good. It's, it's crazy. I read this story. I'm going to give you two verses that I read. It's 1 Kings 20. So, uh, so Ahab is the king of Israel. He's an evil king. And they're getting ready. A battle is, 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 is on the horizon big time. Listen to this. Oh, my gosh. 1 Kings 20, verse 13. Meanwhile, a prophet came to Ahab, king of Israel, and announced, this is what the Lord says. Do you see the vast army, the enemy army? I will give it into your hand today, and then you will know that I am the Lord. And Ahab says, but, but who will do this? And the prophet replied, this is what the Lord says. The junior officers under the provincial commanders will do it. And Ahab, then he asked this key question. Lean into this one. Who will start? Say start. Who will start the battle? And the prophet answered Ahab and said, you will. You will. You will start. Turn to two people and say, you will. Tell two people. It's got to be two. Don't look at me. Turn to her. Two, you will. You, listen to me. If you will start it, if you will start it, your God will help you finish it. If you will start it, your God will help you finish it. The Bible says the God that began a good work in you will continue that work until it is finally finished. You can't change what's gone on in your past. But with the help of God, he can help you rewrite your story and change your future if you will start. Will you start? I want you to start. I just know that God's going to show up. I am so excited about this series. I cannot, I just, I found a, this quote I came across. I don't know who Maria Robinson is, but I like to quote from her. Nobody can go back and start a new beginning. But anyone, say anyone. Anyone, that means you. And you, and you. Anyone can start today and make a new ending. Start today one thing. This is your altar call. This is your action item. This is your, your challenge, if you will for this day that God has brought you to his church. One thing, not two, no, no, one. One thing, I don't, maybe it's gonna be like Daniel. Maybe, you're, maybe God's gonna say to you, you know what? You pray to me daily. Doesn't he have to be three times a day? Just daily, just daily you get down on your knees and pray and just pray. It might be, it might be, it might be 12 seconds. It's 12 seconds of blessing coming your way. I believe it with all my heart. Maybe, maybe it's going to be, maybe we talked about church. Maybe, you know what? Church, I've been, you've been inconsistent maybe, and it's kind of like when I feel like it or, you know, whatever, this and that. And in 2020, you're going to say, God, I'm going to get about your business. And I'm going to take seriously the Sabbath, and I will come to church, rain or shine. And I will be there to worship you every Sunday because I believe so much because consistency over time, I want change. 
and that's what you're going to do. By the way, whatever you write down in your notes or on, in your phone or whatever you're taking notes on, I need you to tell one, at least one person about it. You have to, okay? And if it's me, tell me, I don't care. I just need you to tell one person because we do life together and we hold each other accountable. And if you keep it to yourself, no one, no one can help you. No one can walk with you. You need people in your life and so do I. That makes me think about a life group. Maybe God's gonna say, you're gonna get in a life group this year. You're, that's a small group of uh, our, our Bible studies. You're gonna do that. They're, they're on the website. You can look them up. Maybe that's what you're called to do. Maybe that's what your one thing that you're going to start and people are gonna walk with you and you're gonna walk with them. Maybe it's your finances. You just need to get them in order. You know that they've been taking you downward and it's all you can think about and it consumes you and it's killing you on the inside and it's killing your family and it's killing your marriage and you're in this downward spiral and it makes you sick even to think about it. And your and you're one thing is, I'm gonna start a budget. And if you need help, the church will help you with that. We'll do whatever we can to walk with you. Maybe it's giving. You've never given in a way, and God's going to ask you to start giving. Whatever it is, start, write it down. I'll give you 24 hours. Maybe you can't think of it today, but, but in 20, at least in 24 hours, you're going to write down one thing you're going to start. Everything that I just mentioned to you is something that I've started over years. Not all together. If I did those all at the same time, I would internally combust. That would not be healthy. But I started them one at a time in different times when God led me and they've all changed my life. Can I tell you about one decision I made that changed everything? 12 years ago when I surrendered my life to Christ, um, the next day I called the church because I knew I was supposed to start something, had no idea what, none. I just knew that, okay, God's asked me to do something, I don't know what. I called the church, I met with the pastor, I said, I, some, I'm compelled to do something, I don't know what. And here's what they said. They didn't preach a message like this to me or anything, but they did say one thing. Yeah, I'll never forget his words. You should start serving. I didn't even know what he meant. That's what he said, start serving. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. He explained it. Oh yeah, you serve a service and attend a service. And he directed me to the kids ministry. To this day, I'll never forget. I was the guy, when I started serving in our kids ministry at Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, I would serve every week. I would serve a service and attend a service. It's just, I was so desperate. I mean, when you're so desperate, when you're, when you're so desperate, you'll do almost what anybody says. If they love you and love the Lord, I'll do it. I was that desperate. That's not a bad place to be, by the way. So I, I, I said yes, and I served those kids. And I didn't know the impact I was making. I just thought, I'll, I'll just show up, and that's all I did. But consistency over time changes lives. Now, I'm hoping that some of the kids' lives were changed, and there were weekends, you guys, can I be straight with you? I hope I can. I didn't want to go. Some weekends you don't want to. I mean, come on. That's, a, that's all morning, you know, attending. Sir. I didn't want to do it some weekends. Other weekends I was with those kids, those third through fifth grade boys. I didn't want to serve them. I wanted to punt them across the room, you know. That's what I wanted to do. But, you know, you get in trouble for that. So I didn't do that. So, but whether I, I mean, I served like a madman for three years. I wasn't looking for a promotion. I wasn't looking to be on staff. I wasn't looking to plant a church. I mean, a pastor? Dude, I was a drug addict just trying to stay clean. I, you're, get out of here. And they sat me down three years later and said, we want you to head up the campus, our entire kids' ministry to campus. I'm like, who are you talking to right now? Because it can't be, I mean, it ain't me. Dude, I'm a wreck. And you know what they, you know what, and it wasn't my talent. It wasn't my ability. It was none of that. You know what they said? 
you're here every week. Like, we can't get rid of you. Like, you're, you'd spend the night if we'd let you. I mean, it was like, yeah, it was that crazy. Consistency over time. So they saw something in me. I took this job, got elevated to campus pastor, kept saying yes to a bunch of stuff. Meadows, if I would not have said yes that day to him saying, hey, why don't you start serving? Meadows Church would not exist. It would not. I would not be a pastor. I would not be in ministry. What I'm trying to help you understand is this little tiny decision. I thought I was just saying yes to serving a kid's, a kid's team. I'm saying yes to some daycare, right? I'm going to serve in some, some children's church. That's what I thought I was saying yes to. I had no idea that I was saying yes to get to lead the most wonderful church in the world called Meadows Church. I had no idea that I would get to be your pastor and love you and walk with you and point you to Jesus and to your God-given purpose. I had no idea. God did. God had every idea. I just said yes here. And God's like, Monty, if you keep, if you keep starting, I will help you finish. Some of you God is going to ask you to, and you'll know, to be on a dream team, our serving team. And you're going to sign up to be on a dream team. And you're not signing up because we need people. You're signing up because God says, start. If you start, I will finish something in you. And it's going to be greater than you can dream or imagine. I had no idea that he was elevating me to plant and to pastor. No idea. Gosh, if he would have saw me, you guys. So let's close this out. It's funny, Daniel, what I didn't tell you is, when he got chucked in that den at 80 years old, they sealed it. They sealed it off, had to, it's part of the decree. So the king himself would have to seal it with his seal to make sure no one bust, bust in there. No one can. It's gotta be Daniel. He's gotta stay down there with the lion, good luck. But it was sealed, it was like sealed in. And I kept thinking about that because it made me think about our king. Jesus, that guy that I surrendered to, that God I surrendered to a dozen years ago and then made that decision. I, they sealed him in. You, do you know the story? It's, it's nuts. So God would send Jesus Christ, his son. And I knew the story all my life. I believed in Jesus all my life. But that one day, I was sitting in church and the Holy Spirit, bam! And it just about knocked me, well, it knocked me hard enough to stand up when no one else was standing up. Bible fell off my lap, I'll never forget it. And I, was, I, I just could not believe the gospel hit me so hard that day. And I heard it thousands of times. But that day, see, I'm praying that that's your day, that this is your day, where it hits you like a ton of bricks. It did me. As, as Jesus Christ would come to earth and live a perfect life for you and I, it blows me away. And he would be butchered and dead for us, for you and I. This is the, by the way, this is the greatest miracle in history. That, that, that he would be dead, so dead that he would be unrecognizable. So dead that they would just take his limp body off the cross and throw it into a tomb. A tomb that they would seal. Did you know that? They, I mean, I don't, eh, but, but check this out. I, I, I want to give you a scripture. Matthew 27, 66. What happened is, is Jesus Christ was dead for our sins. Dead and gone. It had to happen that way because he's saving us from ourselves and our sin. So he's dead. And after they put him in the tomb, the next day, some guards run to Pontius Pilate, the guy who's kind of in charge. And they say, hey, listen. And they call Jesus the deceiver. It's funny. 
You know, the devil works. The devil's the deceiver, by the way. But they were so deceived, they thought Jesus was that. And they said, the deceiver said that he might bust out of there in three days, and we don't want that to happen, because if it happens, we're going to be screwed. And, but, but the disciples might try to steal the body and all this. So the, literally the next day, they sealed the tomb. That's what it said. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. So the tomb is sealed. Jesus is dead. And at that point, it's over. And for some of you, can I be straight with you? For 2019, that's what you probably want. Seal it. It's over. I'm ready for something new. I know in areas of my life, I am. I don't want to go there anymore. I don't want to live that way anymore. I want something new. Seal it off. I never want to see it again. And they sealed Jesus in there. He wasn't alive like Daniel. He was dead. Dead. But he had to be. See, something has to die before something comes to life. Did you know that? Ooh. Something has to die before something comes to life. Jesus had to die so that you could live. Do you know how many people aren't living? They're existing. Jesus Christ didn't die on a cross so you could exist. He died so that you might live and live abundantly. This is what I need you to know. This is what I didn't know. So I, so I kept reading scripture. Guess what happened after uh, chapter 27? It was chapter 28. It was nuts. So Matthew 28, Jesus is still dead. Some women show up at the tomb to anoint his dead body. And I can't get over this. Then an angel. Remember what shut the mouth of the lion? An angel. An angel, which has already busted the seal on Jesus' tomb, by the way. An angel spoke to the woman who, women who arrived at the tomb. Don't be afraid, they said, or he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he ain't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said it would happen. The seal was broken. The Savior is alive. And because of that, you and I have hope. Do you believe you have hope today? Can you shout that you have hope today? Can you get loud for your king? Because there's hope today. One thing that you're going to start, one thing, for some of you, that gospel that I just shared, that's good news, by the way. That Jesus Christ was dead and today he's alive. It's a true story. It's a true story. He's alive. Sits at the right hand of the Father physically. Spiritually, he's here right now in the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved forever. If you've never done that, or maybe you know that you were like me and you've kind of like, whatever, I believe it, but I ain't living like that. I'm telling you, this is your year. There's nothing more important than you can do is surrender your life to Jesus Christ, to the gospel. Sell out to it. Mark it down on your card. Make the commitment. Go all in today. I promise you, if you go all in, you won't regret it. You will not regret it. And for the people here that you're struggling and you're wondering, is 2020 going to be better? Because my 2019 sucked, and I'm ready for something different. I'm going to tell you something. There's hope in this place. God's not done with you. Just like he wasn't done with Jesus, you've got more chapters in your story to write. Okay, you've got more friends to meet. You've got more victories to win. You have more of a difference to make. 2020, I'm telling somebody, the best is yet to come. Come on, give God some praise up in here. Beat those drums. Beat those drums. This is a new year. I'm done playing. I hope you are too. Let's get serious about living our purpose.
it won't be easy. It won't be easy. But it's worth it. I wrote it down. The best decision, this is what I put for you. The best decision is the next one that's going to help you be the person that God created you to be. That's your best decision. That's your next thing. That's the one thing that you're going to start. Will you start it? Will you do it with me? I'll do it with you. I'll never stop loving you. I love our church. I love being your pastor. I love walking with you. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, and I can't imagine doing anything different. I didn't sign up for easy. I signed up for life change, and I'm seeing it happen. By the way, I'm going to share something. We're, uh, we're doing our first baptism of 2020 at 2 o'clock this afternoon. You should get loud in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Someone's getting baptized today. I love it. We're kicking the year off right at Meadows Church because it's a symbol of new life. And you're desperate for new. You know that you are. That's why God brought you here today for new. But I don't want to just get motivated about, a, about some uh, speech to give you. I want life change. Motivation without action is noise. I want change. I want to pray for you. Father, I'd like to know, I'm like when I get to heaven, Father, I'm going to ask Daniel how he prayed and how long his prayers were and what he said because <laughs> I know every prayer that's authentic and real is a good prayer. But I just want to know, his, he was so blessed in so many ways. I have a feeling, God, that when I ask Daniel that question, he's going to say what I already know. He's going to say, Monty, they weren't anything real special. They, there, there wasn't a certain creed or a certain uh, demeanor I had. I just got real, real before my king. I got real before my father. I got real before my daddy. And I told him what was on my mind. Father, my prayer for our church in 2020 is that we will do what you tell us to do. That we will start, that we will start the small things and do it consistently. That's what brings life change. That's what does it. God, give us strength. Give us courage. Give us, give us the right heart to do what you're calling us to do. Help us hold each other accountable. Help us make these decisions. God, for the person that needs to surrender their life to your son, Jesus Christ, please, please, please don't let them leave here until that happens. For the people that are going to come to the prayer area because they're in desperate need of prayer like every one of us are, by the way, God, and they want you to anoint their 2020, I pray that they pray with us, with us. We'll pray with them and for them, God. One thing I do know about our church, that if you tell us to start something, and we don't do it, I guarantee, as we sit here a year from now, we will wish with everything in us that we had. God, may we start today living our purpose, leading ourselves and others to you, doing what you've called us to do, loving others when we don't feel like loving, forgiving when the last thing in us wants to forgive, being there for each other, serving with a servant's heart, doing whatever we're called to do to make an impact in this world. We get one shot, God. And the years seem to fly by pretty quick. It wasn't all that long ago that we rang in 2019. And here we are. And it won't be long until we ring in 2021, will it? So will we make, it seems like, 
The days are long, but the years are short. Father, let us make the days count. If we focus day by day on what we're called to do, the year will be incredible. The year will be spectacular. It will be hard. There will be heartache. There will be trials. I'll guarantee that for all of us. You guarantee it. But it'll be purpose-filled. It will be power-driven. It will be Holy Spirit-led. And lives will be changed. Father, we're going to declare what we've always been declaring in your name. That in you, if we keep seeking you, and keep loving you, and keep starting what you tell us to start, you'll help us finish. If we do all all those things, God, well, we can guarantee, you can guarantee that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen.